You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that by your spirit you would uh, open our ears to hear a word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, do you ever wish that you weren't the preacher? Probably not, because <laughs> very few of you are, are in the position that I'm in, but today's just one of those days for me where I really just wanted to come to church and, and hear a word, and, and I wish I weren't the one preaching. Um, but I wonder if that's you tonight. Uh, you're in the spot that I wish I could be, and I hope that God is able to do for you, uh, which I'll, I'll have to find elsewhere, and that is uh, to hear a word uh, from Him. And to be eager to hear God's word is always a good thing, but the story that we have tonight from Luke chapter 5 is uh, the way that God often does business. It's when we're not seeking him, uh, when we're not particularly eager uh, to encounter him, uh, that he just comes in uh, like a bolt of lightning into our lives and radically changes everything. Now, you'll notice, if uh, don't admit this to me if you didn't, if you didn't catch it, uh, but this was the same gospel reading from last week. Uh, because if you didn't notice that, then I know you weren't in church. Uh, but uh, this is not a commentary on Zach's sermon one way or the other that he preached uh, last Sunday. Uh, but this is the Sunday that we typically set aside for Stewardship Sunday. And I just thought that this passage captured, captured exactly uh, the word that God would have for me as a believer when it comes to stewardship and a word for our congregation as well. But as I said before, this is God interrupting somebody's life, as God often interrupts uh, our lives. Up to this point, Jesus in his ministry has been doing a lot of preaching, he's been doing a lot of healing, but as we see here in Luke 5, he's come to do more than just healing and preaching. Specifically, yes, he's come to preach, and yes, he's come to heal, But he really came in order to invade our lives, to turn everything on its head. He's not meant to exist on the periphery of our lives, but Jesus is meant to be at the center of our lives. He comes to invade our thoughts, our relationships, our family life, our decision-making, our jobs, our leisure time, our everything. And he comes to Simon Peter in an unexpected way. And I wonder if this is how God came to you in the first instance or how God is coming to you right now. Because there he is, he's come to preach. There's such a big crowd that he sees this boat and he says to Simon, who owns the boat, hey, can I sit in your boat so that I can make some more space for the people while I'm preaching? Simon Peter says, help yourself. I'm just here cleaning up after work. If you want the boat, it's yours. And so there he is. He gets into one of the boats, and he puts out a little from land, and he begins to teach the people from the boat. But when he finishes preaching, he says to Simon, put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. Now up to this point, Simon's not said anything. He's perfectly fine with Jesus preaching. But now all of a sudden, Jesus goes from his business into Simon's business. Now, 
Simon probably didn't know what Jesus did for a living, but he probably would have had an idea if he were a fisherman. Uh, because what Jesus recommends or commands Simon to do is nonsense. Because of the time of day and where he wants Simon to go fishing. Because it's the wrong place and the wrong time. Simon understands immediately, this guy doesn't know a thing about fishing. And he says that. Master, very respectful, he's heard the man preach. We worked all night and took nothing. Meaning, we experienced fishermen who grew up on this lake, who know where the fish are, didn't catch a thing. And now you're telling us to go where we know the fish aren't, and the worst time of day to go fishing. Simon stumped. I like how uh, Michael Wilcock puts it. From his commentary on Luke, he says this, As long as Simon's boat is being used for a pulpit, the owner has no objection to Jesus saying in it what he likes. But when it reverts to being a fishing boat, it is Simon's to use once more, and Jesus no longer has a say in how it is to be used. Fishing is Simon's job. In the same way, people will listen to Jesus, will consider what he says, and will even ask him to make them better when they are sick. But for him to do as he does here, and to interfere with their job, their home, their leisure, that is another thing altogether. And I wonder if we compartmentalize our lives in the same way, where we say, Of course, Jesus is interested if we say the grace at our family meals. That's something that Jesus has something to say about. But what does Jesus have to say about how we spend our money? How we spend our free time? How we relate to one another? How we live in this world? How we relate to people that we completely disagree with politically? Those are often no-go areas For even those who are Christian. But look what Simon does. He says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. This is the key that begins to unlock the door of Peter's heart. He takes Jesus at his word. And does as he's commanded to do, as counterintuitive, as anti-professional, as nutty as it sounds, because you've said it, Jesus, my only response is to say, yes, I'll go into the deep. I'll cast my nets. Because how else are we to know anything of God? Are we to know anything of ourselves apart from the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, how do you know that God loves you? You feel it? Possibly. But there are times when I'm left to myself where if I'm looking for my feelings to affirm God's love for me, I'm left wanting. In fact, I come to a place where I think, 
I'm not sure God could love me because of how often I blow it and how badly I blow it. And so is it up to me to pull myself up by my spiritual bootstraps and say, but just conjure it up from inside? Or do I actually say, well, what does God have to say about this? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him should have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here is a trustworthy saying and full of acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's what I preach to myself, the very words of God back to myself. And so when Peter says, at your word, I will let down the nets, Peter is understanding the orientation of his heart has to shift away from his own self-centeredness. And it needs to be God-centered. And then he's going to seek to conform his life to what Jesus has to say to him. As crazy as it is. And yet, look what happens. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Such a huge catch of fish that they have to get partners to come out. And the boats are sinking. And what is the response of Simon to this? We're going to get to what he says to Jesus later. But verse 11 tells us, And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed Jesus. I know what I'm going to do in that situation. I'm taking a video. It's going on YouTube. I'm Instagramming this thing to death. I, I mean, people are going to run into me in public and say, Hey, you're the fish guy. Yeah, you're the guy. This is the pinnacle of his professional career. This is where your career takes off. This is where you went from being sort of a podunk fisherman to like contracts with bass masters. This is it. You've arrived. And yet he doesn't do any of that. They don't do any of that. They left everything and followed Jesus. But when Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This is Simon's Isaiah 6 moment. Where he knows that he's in the presence of a holy and almighty God. And if you've ever encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, you know exactly how Simon feels. Even if you're on the edge of the shore. Even if you've never been to Jesus up close. Even if you're dabbling with Christianity. I bet you you've caught glimpses. But if you're not a believer, you have no idea what Simon's talking about here. Because there is a sense in which when we get close to Jesus, he makes us feel small. He magnifies those things in our lives that we would rather hide away. And yet in spite of that, maybe even because of it, Simon doesn't run away from Jesus. He follows him. 
And we see why that is later on in John chapter 6 at the tail end of the chapter. Jesus has had a very hard teaching and all of the, many of the disciples turn back and no longer walk with him. So Jesus says to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answers Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Because when you come into a life-saving encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, He's everything. You put your whole life, your family, your job, your future, your everything, you leave everything and you cast it upon Him. There's no place for half measures. And when you have a taste of the Lord Jesus Christ... You don't want to just splash around the edges. Just kind of come and listen to some of the teachings that he has. You want to go into the deep. You want to be overwhelmed. You want to be brought to the end of yourself so that you might know more of him. This is what John the Baptist meant when he said, I must decrease in order that he can increase. And this is what Simon's life looks like. And this is what our own lives look like in response to God coming into our lives, whether we're looking for him or not. Simon was minding his own business, washing his nets. When he went out to work or when he was pulling the nets in that early morning after fishing all night, he probably didn't say, this is the day that's going to change my life forever. And even when he was listening to Jesus, he probably thought, wow, that... That's really impressive. But it wasn't until Jesus cast his eyes upon Simon and said, let's go out into the deep and I'll show you exactly who I am. And God so worked in Simon's life that he said, but at your word. I mean, this is how you become a Christian. You respond to God's word. This is what your Christian life looks like. You respond to God's word. And when that happens and the Holy Spirit takes up residence in your life, you see transformation and renovation. Now there's no doubt that Simon Peter was a mixed bag. Here Jesus says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men and women. And he was about about as good as being a fisher of men and women as he was a real fisherman. I mean, this is the guy who denied the Lord Jesus Christ to a little girl on the night that Jesus was betrayed. And yet it's also the same man who stood up on Pentecost, full of the Holy Spirit, and preached the word of God so that thousands would come to know the Lord Jesus. He experienced transformation and renovation. But the thing that I love about Simon Peter is that in his life, he was willing to be open and transparent to the Lord Jesus Christ, even when it made him look like a complete and total idiot. And that's exactly what Jesus does with us. I have no doubt that in your homes, all of you have a no-go area in your house where nobody's allowed to go except for you. This is your garage, it's your basement, it's whatever room that you have that if somebody who's at a house party that you're hosting shows up and if they see it, you'd like to die. 
And it happens, doesn't it? They, they open up the closet, and immediately you have a ready-made excuse. You say, oh, I'm working on something for the past 15 years. But what does Jesus do? He, he doesn't just stay in the areas that you want him to stay in. He goes and he makes his way to the dark, unevangelized continents of our hearts. He goes to the basement. He goes to the closet. And as awful and as painful as it can feel, we know that this is exactly where Jesus needs to go. But it may be that you're not trying to protect, your, you're not trying to protect yourself from those no-go areas of Jesus that you know are all messed up. For some of us, it's those areas which actually we think are our best. And the last thing that we want is Jesus messing with it. I had a room growing up in our house, and I don't know if you had one of these ridiculous rooms, but it was a sitting room and no one was allowed to sit in there. It made no sense to me. All I knew is it had very nice furniture and nobody was allowed to sit in there. There was another room, my grandfather's study, and we were told, do not go in your grandfather's study, do not touch anything in your grandfather's study, because he likes things where they are. Well, guess what? Jesus isn't just going to the basement. He's going into my grandfather's study and he's moving stuff around. Right? He's going into the sitting room where no one's supposed to sit down and he's plopping down on the couch and putting his feet on the coffee table. That's what Jesus does with Simon Peter and that's exactly what he does for us and this is exactly what we need. And as a result of that transformation and renovation God uses us to catch men and women. Our lives are so transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ that God came into the world in order to save us, and he does that by his death upon the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And because of that, we're made sons and daughters of God for those of us who put our trust in him. And when that gets a hold of us, we, in turn, go out and we try to catch as many brothers and sisters as we possibly can. That we talk about this Jesus who unexpectedly came into our lives and transformed us and renovated us and put our sights upon heaven where we'll behold him one day. And we want you to go along with us. And so my prayer for this stewardship season here at the Advent is that individually we'd be willing to go into the deep with Jesus. That we'd come into his presence and be overwhelmed by him. That as a congregation of God's people, that we would go into the deep with Jesus. And as Simon Peter says, calls him here, Lord, that Lord would not just be a title, but a reality in our lives individually and a reality in the life of our church. Because for the Christian, we have no other option than to go. We don't live compartmentalized lives. And if we do, God brings a battering ram. And by his mercy, he invades those spaces, whether they be cluttered basements or whether they be neatly made studies. This is the word that I need to hear day in and day out, that Jesus came into my life to invade it and to make me new. For anyone who is in Christ, 
is a new creation. And so this stewardship season, money's important. Because the money that we give translates into transformed lives for the gospel in Birmingham and to the very ends of the earth. But more than that, do you know what Jesus wants? He wants you. He wants all of you. He sees you. And he wants you. And says to you and me, go out into the deep and cast your nets. And I will make you a fisher of men and women. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that it would be so, that you really would use us to bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. Not that we would reduce anyone to a spiritual statistic, but Lord, that they might know the joy of your Holy Spirit in their lives. And Lord, that we might know the joy of having an ever-growing family in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be the living sacrifice that you've asked us to be and that we would give ourselves wholly over to you and go into the deep, not just today, but all the days of our lives for our good, but above all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.